Yo, I want to get straight into this Jonathan Major shit if you want to talk about it. I don't think there's any relevant point in providing commentary on Jonathan Major's situation as it currently stands. I've made it very clear on the podcast. I've 100% said that I'm tired of having the conversation. I've explained 100% why I'm why I'm sure, tired of having yeah. the conversations. I say that because I just remember the conversations around, say, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, right? Sure. And then there were various points where people providing commentary on that situation were like, oh, my God, Amber's right. Oh, my God, Johnny's right. Mm, and then at yes. each point in that that saga, people put their foot in their mouths, like revealing their sexism, revealing their prejudices. Like there's there's not anything to truly add until all of the facts come out. And I think that the people usually rushing to try to provide commentary on it are coming from a place where they're like trying to say like, aha, uh, can you believe the victim was lying? And now like, let's have a conversation about how these women are always lying on these men. And I just like, I just, I just think that that doesn't serve anybody well in the heat of the moment. Like, you know, this, like we could find out that everything that came out in these, in these pieces was 100% fabrication or taken out of context. And it just doesn't mm. make sense to have these conversations every time a new TMZ article drops. It's a red flag. People take nights off, you know, like LeBron James isn't giving you 110%, you know, 15 games into the season because those first 15 games kind of don't fucking matter. Whereas like every game matters in uh, in American football season. So they're going to give you 100% every single week. Well, very good. That was quite educational. I feel like I understand a little bit better. And on that note, welcome everybody to Waving the Red Flag, the number one uh, dating and sports statistics podcast in the universe. It's your boy, Eddie. It's AB. Uh, Josh is currently uh, hawking our wares at a, uh, a local podcast festival. He will be back next week. That's literally actually what he's doing. That's not even a joke. That's what's going on. Um, yo, I want to get straight into this Jonathan Major shit if you want to talk about it. You've like, I'm assuming you're relatively familiar. Yeah. But um. Fair. I don't think there's any relevant point in providing commentary on Jonathan Major's situation as it currently stands. Okay, that's fair. Are you willing to get into why you say that? Yes. Okay. I say I, that because I can see. I can see. I yeah. yeah go ahead. I, I can see where you're coming I, from. I say that because I just remember the conversations around, say, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, right? Sure. And then there were various points where people providing commentary on that situation were like, oh, my God, Amber's right. Oh, my God, Johnny's right. Mm. Oh, my God, Amber's right. Oh, my God, Johnny's right. And then at yes. each point in that that saga, right? At people each flew point, off at and each stayed at that point. level. And, yeah, and it was also like people put their foot in their mouths like – revealing their sexism revealing their prejudices revealing like their their contempt for people who in the very very small chance um might actually be um the victims of like libel or slander um i just think that in those situations like there's there's not anything to truly add until all of the facts come out and i think that the people usually rushing to try to provide commentary on it are coming from a place where they're like trying to say like, aha, uh, can you believe the victim was lying? And now like, let's have a conversation about how these women are always lying on these men. And I just like, I just, I just think that that doesn't serve anybody well in the heat of the moment. Like, 
you know, this like we could find out that everything that came out in these um, in these pieces was 100 percent fabrication or taken out of context. And it just doesn't mm. make sense to have these conversations where people put their fucking foot in their mouths like every time a new TMZ article drops. Man, I I don't disagree because I think that's the because even even in that in, in the initial conversation that we had like a couple of weeks back, I was like a little bit hesitant to go. Oh, I hope for something to be true or you know that kind of thing. It's mostly just keep my mind open to whatever evidence comes comes forward. But I think my pushback there would be like, and maybe you wouldn't have in this situation. But early on, we already commented on the way it didn't look good for Jonathan Major, so it seems a little bit unreasonable to not speak on the way it looks different with new evidence. And as things come forward, commenting along the way, if, if not leading with a bad faith, aha, you know, want, wanting some particular thing to be true. Um, I don't think it's entirely unreasonable to go like, well, here's what it kind of looks like here, but that doesn't, that's not conclusive. Here's, and then sort of going through time wavering according to whatever the current evidence is. I don't think that's entirely irresponsible if it's not couched in, never updating it based on new information that comes forward or trying to push forward a narrative that's been decided well before the evidence. In fact, I think it's probably necessary because otherwise you just leave the narrative at whatever the last like fixed point was. And that seems like it's not a good idea either. Yeah. And it's, it's also like, I'll say, you know, in regards to what's been discussed on the podcast, I will say that I've made it very clear on the podcast that certain narratives in regards to, how this plays out i've 100 percent said that i'm tired of having the conversation i've explained 100 percent why i'm why i'm sure, tired of having yeah. the conversations I, I say my piece on that and i kind of just don't want to disrespect the vibe so if we're in the middle of a conversation and somebody you know brings up jonathan majors like of course i'm going to talk about it but if i'm being asked like would i like to talk about it the answer is probably no that's understandable um do we want to talk about another thing i will literally talk about anything else i mean i will i will talk about jonathan majors it's just going to be like very like you know drunken armchair you know friend of feminism kind of shit which that's that's good if if you want to but you don't have to you know what i mean so yeah um okay here we go all right my girlfriend is inheriting a bunch of money and wants to spend it on herself. Dear Pay Dirt, my long-term girlfriend and I disagree about whether a $30,000 inheritance left to her by her great aunt should be her money or our money. She wants to spend a large amount, almost a third of it, on expensive uh, supplies for her hobby. I think that we should save most of it and use some of it on a vacation since we both find traveling extremely romantic. My argument is I don't, I don't care about her hobby, but we'll, we'll both enjoy a trip abroad. Two, we've lived... On my, on only my, admittedly low since it's academia, income for over a decade. So according to her own rule about entitlement to her windfall, shouldn't she technically have been entitled to none of my wages all these years? Her argument is she had to put aside her hobby for many years to raise our children. It's not a safe art form for kid, young kids to be around and yearns to return to it. Two, she paid entirely in cash for our $950,000 house at the beginning of our partnership, though my income pays the property taxes and maintenance costs. Therefore, she alleges that we didn't, that we haven't actually been living on solely my income because I've been saving on rent all these years. I feel resentful of the double standard about control over finances and hurt that she would rather prioritize her own joy over our shared joy. She feels impatient to reconnect with her uh, hobby 
and hurt that her contributions to our lifestyle are unseen. How do we reconcile our different viewpoints? How should the money be allocated? Is there something that we're missing? Done. What's up? So one in the current context. So I, I will say I am team keep finances separate. That doesn't Entirely. help. That doesn't help. No. Um, when I say keep finances separate, it means like. So I, let me let me backtrack. So I'll I'll explain like my ideal money situation. Like if I were if I were married, right? I would say that we have separate accounts. We have a single joint account that we both put our portion of the money that we spend to live proportional to our incomes because it doesn't necessarily have to be half and half. Like if mm-hmm. I make way more money then then my spouse it doesn't make sense for her to pay half of our living expenses it wouldn't be um be equitable um or vice versa so we have one account that we put in stuff or if like we want to save for a vacation we have a fund that we put in for um you know vacation savings on a predetermined a priori established amount for all of that stuff other than that you do what you do with your money i do what i do with my money if what you want to do with your money benefits both of us phenomenal if what you want to do is a hobby that i have absolutely no interest in and get no joy from other than the fact that i want you to be happy then please spend all your money on that situation but saying that somebody's obligated to get like let's take inheritance out of this let's say it was a work bonus i think it's a little bit ridiculous to say that somebody's um not within their power to just spend it on whatever they want to do as long as our bills are paid and all that kind of stuff I think he played himself in the beginning by not having that established. But in the schema that he is designed for their relationship, I still think she's of no obligation to give him anything um, of enjoyment for that money. She should spend it however she wants to. And like so mathematically, like even if you want to even if you want to play this kind of tit for tat game, mathematically, she has 100 percent. 100 percent. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply percent um contributed contributed more to that relationship financially than he has then you also bring into the aspect of kids right i'm assuming like based on the way that was worded that she's not working as a part of child care like man she's saving you child care like she had your kids like she's taking care of them probably at probably at great um expense to her career and you know mm. how she wants to live in general outside of that like that that thirty k is hers, bro. Like she should spend that shit however she wants to. It would be great if like you know you guys could also go to fucking Bali or whatever on that money. I get it, but no obligation on her part. Is how I feel. I think saying if if y'all have combined finances, because like the idea of like separate finances entirely, and I don't know exactly what the where the line is that you draw. It's like that doesn't become realistic. If one of y'all is making all of the income, you're not going to have separate finances. That's that's just i've, de- I've definitely i've definitely done it i've definitely done it and i've done it for a span of years where like i was making like a grown man like working salary okay and my girl and my girl was living off of her like like refund check from like financial aid and like we split finances and like again we did it proportionally 
Like it was, it was okay. Rent was down the middle, and I handled every bill that was that was already like sunk costs. For example, like I did an analysis like in the beginning that you were like, already paying for anyway. I was already paying for it. I was like, her presence there didn't increase the electricity. It didn't increase the water by any like like meaningful amount. And I was like, cool. I pay the electricity. I pay the water. I pay the internet, which is like doesn't increase based on how much use we had in that current state anyway. So like, mm-hmm. you can one hundred percent do it. Like it's it's not that hard. I don't know why people think it is. Because because the, the situation that you're describing, first of all, her income wasn't zero, so that's already co- completely different than this situation. And two, y'all were I'm assuming twenty somethings. That's a whole different scenario than buying a house, having a baby together, like making like larger life plans. There's not as many of those like sunk cost opportunities where it's like, oh, she's just she's just moving into your house, so she just has to make sure she doesn't starve to death, and you know she can live off of what you already had that's a totally different situation than a married couple who's like pl- doing family planning. I mean, I think, I think kids is, is probably the only valid complication, but like we, like during that, like years span, like we moved, we bought furniture, like we, like we lived like a very full, like quasi, like what okay, people okay. would think of as a married life to do that. And yeah, it was very, okay. it's, it's very easy to like split finances, like very easy. So how did like, you do a even, couch? She paid 10% of it, you pay 90% of it, or how did that work? Again, we split the cost of all that stuff proportionally to our income. It was like we put in a, you put in like a, a shopping cart at fucking rooms to go or whatever, mm-hmm. and you say, you make this amount, you make this amount, we both use this, split it. Boom. It's it's not that difficult. Groceries, okay, okay. right? Okay. Like, yeah. Like was like same situation. It was it was very easy. That shit takes like two minutes. I do understand why people don't do it because like if you're on the fly, you kind of don't want to think about it. You'd rather just like do it and, you know, whatever. But having separate finances is not is not that hard. I mean, because also I don't know whether or not people would actually consider that to be really much different than you just than you being the, the primary breadwinner. Like if if you say, OK, it's proportionate to your income, your income is zero it, saying I can see it going either way, but saying, oh, we're both financially contributing, we are splitting costs, and I'm playing 100% of the bills, and you're paying zero because that's your share. I think most people would look at that and go, well, no, you're not. You're not split. You're not really splitting finances if you're prorating it like a like once the prorate becomes like really, really extreme, you're not. You're no longer splitting finances. I, I I think that you're splitting finances. It's just like one person has different has different context for their finances. But I will say, bringing it back to the conversation, I think that that's why this particular thing goes in favor of the wife and mm-hmm. not the 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 I'm assuming husband in the situation. I'm you know I don't want to jump to that conclusion. I don't know if they that's got a good point. It doesn't yeah, but, but I would say husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll we'll just go with that one. The the spouse yeah. posting. Yeah. Because if you look at it, right, a $950,000 house bought decades ago, that shit's built up fucking equity. Oh. That shit's probably that shit's probably earned them a million. No, then you look I at agree. the then you look at the fact that like she's right, right? She bought that cash, which means that the mortgage, the mortgage on a $950,000 house, I don't know if anybody's doing that math in their head. That's pro- that's probably that's probably 4,500 five thousand dollars a month 30 years stretched out right Mm. she's saving that motherfucker all kinds of money she has earned that 30k and they've she has earned that 30k because they've been living off of his thing for a decade over a decade i don't think he's paid that debt down 
he has not, not even close. paid that off. And again, I think, and I know we've had this conversation in passing a little bit, like ascribing like a, a dollar figure to like childcare, childcare mm. on average costs more than the average college education in the United States. And for our international viewers, I just want you guys to know that higher education costs in the United States is out of fucking control. It is a complete market mm. failure. It goes up, 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 up. Um, so it is in a very bad place, like versus like wages in the States. So she's, she's covering childcare, a huge expense. She's covering this motherfucker's mortgage, which has gained equity over the past 10 years. Most definitely she, she's earned that 30 K like, Again, like take me to Bali and I, you know, I love that shit. If not, man, whatever your hobby is, like take all of it. Do what you got to do. I'm mo I, look, the main th like I agree off the house cuz the financial ledger is very clear. It's it she's he still owes her money. Like not the other way around. So if, if she were to spend, you know, 20k of that, that would just be 20k more debt that he is in, into her. But and and so I think that invalidates his like decade argument. I don't think he mm -hmm. gets to say, hey, we've been living on that, therefore you owe me money. That's like a ledger argument. But I think there's an argument here which is less about like, it's, it's less of a financial like, you owe me this tit for tat kind of thing and going like, here's an opportunity that we as a couple have, what are we going to do with it? Fuck the, the previous money spent or like as a business thing, like who owes what money yeah. to who? It's like, we right now have an opportunity in front of us. You put down a million dollars for the house that we live in, so we live in that house. We decided to have kids together, so I financed that. Boom, we have combined finances. The ledger is at zero at all times. We're just at any given point, we're doing what's like we think helps one another and us together as a family unit. Now as a family unit, we've received $30,000. The things that have happened previously are marginally irrelevant. I think it's pretty reasonable in that situation to go, yeah, if I win $30,000, like I probably am gonna contribute some amount of that to my family in some way. But I but I also think as a partner, you would go, the person that I love has not been able to pursue a part of their life for a long time, and now there's an opportunity in front of them that allows them to do so. That would be pretty high. Without hurting us. Without hurting us. Without hurting us. It's just money on it's just money in the bank. It's just money right. in the bank. We're already doing good. It'd be different if you know we had to if we had to sacrifice something for her to spend that thirty thousand, or she was taking it from finances we already had established. But the thing that sticks out to me is that he says, "One, I don't care about her hobby." Like, I understand maybe that that could be taken generously to just mean it doesn't directly benefit me because it's only for her. Fine, but to go like, so you don't give a fuck about your wife pursuing her passion that she's not gotten to pursue in a decade at all. like that doesn't bring you any joy. That doesn't bring you any hope for the future like that's wild to me yeah i will i will say first and foremost that and i know we had a whole conversation about psychology and like social science not having really good um okay. correlation coefficients and models but but the models say that one of the best indicators of a long-term successful relationship is you being able to be happy for your your spouse's interests right that so it's like yeah. if Exactly. So it's like if somebody has something in their life and it makes them like giddy and you don't support that, that's a huge indicator that you guys aren't going to make it based on, you know, the social science research um, meta analysis. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I will say that, like, overall, everything you said, I agree with. The only reason why I didn't take that stance is because the, the poster very much made it a ledger that did take into consideration past stuff. Yes. Like, they very much, like, made it, like, a tit-for-tat game. Um, and I think I, I kind of gave my answer in the context of that. But outside of that context, if I'm looking at this situation, clean slate, just in a vacuum, like a couple got some money. How do I think it should be spent? I think you're right. I think they, they need to take into consideration, like what's best for the family and everything that means, you know, cause what's best for the family is, is a, is a very complicated answer in and of itself in a lot of contexts. But OP gave a ledger, man. OP started like rattling off shit. And I'm like, if you're going to rattle off shit, I'm going to call out how, how you've lost this. Like the ledger is in her favor. It, yeah, true. And I, the, the reason that I want to give some leniency there is because I think it's like, you, it can be hard to articulate like why you think you're entitled to $30,000 that legally is not yours. So I think you start going into that ledger and you start going, well, you know, here's what I've contributed to the relationship. And you put it in financial terms because it's a financial conversation. But really what you're maybe trying to get at is we are a family unit. And that's what you're, and you're trying to express that through like dollars but maybe what's being gotten at is just like we have lived a life such that our money is our money she didn't make a financial decision by herself she bought a house for us i didn't make a financial decision just just for myself i give my money to our household so now this would be a break from that so i think there's a little bit of leeway but you're right he he did make it very you know like oh she owes me and it's like no bro you you're still like several hundred thousand dollars in debt to her cuz yeah, i don't man, know how probably, fuck she afforded a million dollars down like that's crazy you're probably 20 years away from paying her back financially champ like yeah like i like i don't think people fully contextualize $950,000 is crazy. $950,000. The, the other thing is, like, something about 30, the story $30,000. Like, I'm just going to be honest with you. I've had $30,000 in my hand. That shit ain't nothing. Nine, mm. Having $950,000 in your hand is crazy. Entirely in cash? That, that almost, is crazy, This don't even make sense. Man. That actually, that actually low-key, like, does not make sense. Like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, who is she that she had a million dollars in cash, but past that has no finances at all and so became a housewife but then got an inheritance of thir- like is she a mobster like that this seems like she's a, a, cr- a criminal like does that <laughs> does that out. does that set of things make sense to you a person has a million dollars in cash then they stop to be a house spouse and then win thirty thousand dollars from an inheritance like that i can i can think of some very niche situations where it will make sense can you can you say very niche so i'll be honest you know one of like the gold standards of like how you make money is you hit hunt like startups that are getting ready to ipo right so they okay. pay you a shit they pay you a shit salary mm. you know like you're working you're working like a dog and you make like fucking you know 50k or whatever for you know 100 hours a week or whatever but you they give options. you all of this yeah you get all this fucking equity mm. and then they ipo and you're a millionaire overnight. That's how you get all these like Silicon Valley bros, like that are just like 25 and driving like a Lamborghini and all that kind of shit. That's what happens. So they were making nothing base. They got these options and then they got a lump sum of money, you know, based on, you know, their stock options after mm-hmm. the IPO. So it could be one of those situations. It could be one of these like high power, like attorney situations where, you know, they were using their base to kind of like live on and like pay like debt down. And then they were like maybe stacking their bonuses. So they quit their job. So they no longer got their base, but they got their bonus money stashed over like, you know, you know, 10, 12 years, easily a million. 
Um, so I can think of some niche situations where it would make sense, real world. Okay. Now, see, that makes sense. And they've they've had a clear, like, they knew that that was going to be the situation beforehand. And this is a, like, they have a bunch of money, but no, maybe after that, no income. So they just got a shit ton of, like, a, okay, yeah, maybe something, maybe she was in tech or some shit like that. And that, and that happened. Because I'm looking at this story crazy. Like, what the fuck is this situation? Bro, I've been saying for, like, forever, man. It's like companies that, like... You know, I ain't gonna call no names out because I don't want to. I don't want to big them up. You know, no free clout. But it's companies mm. that I'm like, man, on the love of God, please call me back. Please <laughs> call me back because you're gonna IPO. Like you run the game. Mm. Please call me. You're gonna IPO, and everybody that works for you is gonna be a millionaire. Like but the, but the initial salary package is low key trash. Yeah. Okay, but you would be you would make that calculation and go like, yeah, I'm I'm oh, down yeah. to fuck it. I'll I'll work for you know for peanuts, knowing that y'all are gonna IPO and I'm gonna be like, boom, ready to go. Yep. Damn, that sounds good. Well, yeah, homeboy. Um, I, okay, my fi- final words on this is I think that it is reasonable to expect her to contribute at least something to the household in the way of like vacation savings. But she only wants to spend a third of it. She only wants to spend 10K on her hobby. Like, fucking go for it. I do think it's a little bit suspicious that he hasn't clarified what this hobby is. And I'm like, she an OnlyFans person or she wants to do like erotica or something? Like, what's what's... The fact that he didn't mention specifically what the hobby was and that it's not safe for kids to be around, I'm like, I mean, it could be, you know, sculpting or um, mm-hmm. plaster molding or some shit like it could be, it could be a, it's probably an art. Um, so I get it. But her spending 10K on it, that's, that's so, that like, that's actually such a reasonable concession. She said that she's going to give you two thirds of the shit and you expect more? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Regardless of all that other argument. So mm, let's see. I'm curious, I'm very curious about this one with you actually. So there was the uh, ask the internet. They did like, would you want to be like eight to eighteen or eighteen to twenty-eight? And I'm very curious what you think because I feel like you've, I feel like you'll have a strong opinion on this just on all of the shit that you've talked about with like the nature of your life. Twenty twenty-five twenty-five to thirty was fucking lit, man. Twenty-five to thirty was amazing. But um, that was the best one. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go eight to eight. I wouldn't go back to that shit to, for for nothing. Like I get. I get why people say that and like and, and and to your point eddie like i've talked about how my childhood was on here like pretty extensively like my mm. childhood was not great it was very fucking horrible and i've also been very open about the fact that as bad as my childhood was my sisters had it way worse three four three four times as worse you know what i mean like they like their shit is you know if if <sighs> boy like their their shit was bad but what's interesting about that is like i know me and my sisters have had that conversation and they always say like they wish they could go back you know and i and i've never Mm. dug a little bit deeper into that i kind of just talked about like why i wouldn't so my big thing is i felt when you know during that 8 to 18 phase that i was playing from behind and always like constantly being dug into a hole based on my mother's decisions and my mother's poor judgment. I felt like I couldn't get out from under her poor decisions. And I think once I got to a point where like I was free of the baggage that came with like her bullshit, that's when my life started. Like that's when Mm -hmm. I could finally start like, like doing shit kind of my way and kind of figuring shit out. And I kind of felt like I say past probably like 19 is probably when I knew if I if something was going wrong in my life, it wasn't it wasn't based on like my childhood circumstance. It was it was societal structure or it was my own individual like bad decision making. Mm. Um, 
And that kind of was freeing for me. And it made me feel a lot better about everything that I was going through, even during that point, because life wasn't exactly a crystal stair when I was 19 either. But like, I wouldn't go back to my childhood for shit, man, because it was just a lot of shit being imposed upon you. A lot of consequences like that you had to deal with. And you had very little autonomy to change those circumstances as like an eight year old. Like you just couldn't do that shit as a 19 year old within the framework of like, you know, structural issues. You have some autonomy and granted most people myself included will say also not really a ton but you have some and i felt i found solace in that i will say again that fucking 20 to 30 was like great you know mm. like i was i was making decent money i was happy in my relationships i was near my family which is when i'm happiest during that time frame i went and got my mba which was a transformative and i think an amazing experience i met i met great people had a great time um mm. overall um so if i could go back to any time period um and i'm not that far removed from that i know you know i'm not gonna tell you how old i am but you know not that far removed from from that period but you know 18 i mean 18 to i mean 8 to 18 never 18 um, to 28 or, or 18 to 28 30. 18 to 28 definitely much more high points in that in that frame definitely the sweet spot you know 25 30 chef's kiss no, I mean, I think I tend to agree. I mean, and everything that you were saying, I think is what, I mean, I think it's a little bit surprising when people say otherwise, when people say like adulthood is hard and, you know, maybe there are elements of privilege there and things like that, but, or, or maybe the opposite, because it feels like what you're talking about, I feel like is replicated at every level of like the level of autonomy just skyrockets. And then when you're in that like 25 to 35 range, it's like, not only do you have the autonomy, but you've managed to figure out how to wield it. Resources. And yes, so you, you have, have resources. Yeah. Even, even if that's just are, mental, you know, mm -hmm. like mental resources, like you say, like learning how to navigate, like was huge, you know? Cause like, even when I got my little bits of money, like here and there, you know, between like 19 to like 23, like I was squandering that shit. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know what mm -hmm. to do with it. You know, like you know what knowing how to get, yeah. I didn't, I, I would tell you that story about when I was 19 and I got, and I got my fucking refund check. No, would you, or maybe, but what so, happened? So I got, I got my refund check, you know, you know, I'm 19, I'm a college student. I got three grand in my hand, you know, and I, and I worked during high school and had my little side hustle. So I had had, you know, my little money in bits and pieces. This is probably the first time I had a lump sum of three grand in my hand at one time. Mm. I bought my, um, the floor of my college dorm pizza. On that dorm floor was the kid <laughs> of the Burger King CEO. Uh -huh. So my broke ass on my like, you know, pale grant, like refund right. check money <laughs> with my mom, who who is not not was is a cashier. My dad, who is not was a forklift driver. Mm. You know, I bought the Burger King, you know, ki you know, Burger King CEO at the time. I don't know if he's still right. the CEO. I'll, I'll, I'll treat His you. Kid, you know what I mean? It's on me. <laughs> His own pizza. Like, yeah, let me let me just help you out, bro. You know, like I'm balling right you now. You just like college education, together. college yeah. essay adversity, like poster child. <laughs> you just splurging on millionaires babies like on heiresses and shit <laughs> that's wild how much did you how much did you did you burn through of that like because a floor oh, that, of pizza seems like that uh, like like several hundreds of dollars man it was like it was it was dominoes you know like five 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 deals and all that kind of shit it okay. was it was pro it was probably three hundred dollars it was probably okay 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 that's not a honestly that to me actually doesn't seem like a dumb decision to me yeah because i feel and, and you know much more about money and i my finance like i'm 
like when I'm thinking about that, like young, like teens, early twenties, I'm I was sections where I was like damn near close to homeless, but in a very privileged way. Mm-hmm. But like I was, and you knew me in that time. Like I'm like right there, but spending a tenth of what you have to connect with others, I think is a depending on the context, actually a very reasonable and sound financial decision under certain circumstances, I think. Yeah. Like I, like I don't disagree, man. Like I don't, you know, and there, there were definitely dumber things I did with that money than that, to be fair. Like I basically set mm. fire to that money. Um, yeah, fair, but, fair. but it's like, I think the weird thing to me, not, I, I wouldn't say weird. I say something that like, I honestly maybe just need to dig into a little bit better is that, like I said, my sister's way worse than me. And I, I will say that I definitely benefited from having them. I am who I am despite the circumstances because they did an outsized amount of, of child rearing versus their station. You know, my mother was not there. My big sister stepped up. My dad wasn't there during my early childhood. Didn't come in until you know I was 14, 15. And has been, you know, a rock even into my adulthood past that point. You know, he earned his spot. Um, but talking to them in a situation where they they didn't have older siblings to help them out. They didn't have, mm. you know, their parents and they weren't go there. Back. And they're I, like, yeah, man, I really wish I could go back to my like to my childhood. Shit was so much simpler. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Simpler. I, OK, because one way I was and I'm guessing, but. I was thinking, oh, maybe it's maybe it's because they had to pick up such a heavy load so early, they were kind of blossoming into that uh, feeling of autonomy earlier, and maybe that's what. But but then you said simpler, and that's that doesn't because I could because something like I, and I in in adding to your point, for me, the 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 allure of childhood is a time where you know you're held you're lift up, lifted up you're safe you don't have to think about things because someone else has it handled right it, it, it's, it's it, summarized it's you fall asleep in the car and somebody and you wake up in bed because somebody else has everything handled they make sure that you get to and from work so that you can kind of submit into that being cared for role but it means that you're almost entirely at the uh, at the mercy of another person and so if that other person isn't doing well, then it's like, fuck this. You're just, I'm just, you know, I'm just being yeah. driven anywhere by a fucking madman. This is horrible. And in that situation, I feel like when you're like a young person and you're like, you're 20, 22, 23, and you're just like struggling and it's ramen noodles and it's figuring out a job and it's figuring out, wait, how do, how do you get an electricity like how do you pay electricity for a house how does that happen like should i travel fuck i just got fifteen hundred dollars should i spend that on a plane ticket or what like the struggle of that and how much fucking up happens and how much struggle happens if you've got certain levels of privilege to where you don't end up like completely destitute Mm -hmm. is i much preferred like struggling under my own weight versus being comfortable under the uh i guess control of another person I would, I would, I would rather struggle. So I could see being like, okay, yeah, I'm 19 and I'm basically having to raise my brother, but low key, I'm kind of like steering the ship a bit could have an appeal, but it doesn't sound like that's what they're saying though. Yeah. And but that's just what popped up to me. And again, like I, like this conversation has really sparked, you know, me wanting to have that conversation a little bit deeper, but I do think that like also mm-hmm. on some level, I think maybe it's, and this is my initial thought to myself not having a conversation with them was maybe they mean like i wish i had a real childhood because they really didn't 
you know they they were they mm. were thrust into right. a situation where they were grown like very early At on 16 17 i would say earlier man like Jesus. you know i'm not going i'm not going to get i'm not going to get into it some of the sure. shit that i didn't heard man and like how they had to like make it through like it's some real shit going on can you and, give any just like like a single point of data to contextualize what kind of level of oh man like it's fine if not but just yeah Oh man. Okay, so <laughs> I, I think I can give maybe a maybe a funnier one. It was um okay. a situation where like so my mom is a world class flim flammer. So at one point, what's flim flam mean? You know, like she's a grifter is a is a is a more uh, okay okay bullshit artist term. Yeah. So like at one point she was actually no I can, okay yeah actually I okay. can't say that one never okay mind. so I'll bleep what you just said and then. <laughs> <laughs> Then <laughs> I get the whole family fucked up. Yeah, I'm finna family reunion. Finna Half the family go be gone. <laughs> yeah, people's going to jail on that one. I was like, oh shit. Okay, let me let me keep it. anyway. Okay. Um, <laughs> Technical difficulties. So so I will I will say I can't think of anything that I you know okay. that's not like purely family business. But like, sure. I will say you know that they had to grow up very fast out of necessity based on their circumstances. You know where, where we grew up, how we grew up, that kind of thing. Um, so I do think that on some level, maybe going back to a childhood where it's more like what you described does have an appeal. Mm. And I do think that it would have it would have it would have changed stuff, you know, like. Like, I remember I wrote I wrote a letter to my mother, you know, this was maybe like a year and a half ago. I never sent it to her mm. um, out, of, out of out of courtesy, as I to tell her, her all or? the time to her, like, as I mm. tell her all the time, me not me not talking to her is a, is an act of kindness. Um, I was, she doesn't want to hear what I have to say. Um, yeah, that's real shit. Like, yeah. if you don't, you don't want to talk to me because the conversation we would have to have, you would not enjoy a second of it. So, yeah, you would, you would not walk out of this unscathed. Um, so I didn't send it to her, but I basically in that, in that, you know, in that situation, and you know, my mother will never hear this. Um, so feel free to keep mm -hmm. it in. But it was very much like, imagine what we could have been if, like, you had been a real mother you know mm. so i think about that all the time in context of my sisters like my, my 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 sisters are hardworking. they're brilliant my oldest sister is is the most naturally intelligent person that i know so it's i i think about you know what their childhood could have been like had they had, had their talents and their intelligence been nurtured right and, and built up so i think on some level they also think about that but I also don't necessarily think that that's what most people are thinking about when they when they say I want to go back to my childhood. I think they're thinking about it more along the lines of what you're saying, and I think it's because that's more along the lines of how they viewed their childhood. So you you figure your sisters when saying this, and yeah, I, I think that that does seem like a worthwhile conversation to, to to have in what they meant there. You think they're saying, "I wish I could revisit it in order to redo it," essentially. Is yeah. That what, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, like I don't, I don't, I don't, I had the opportunity to be a child if I had had a, a real parent available to me. Yeah, I, I think, and I, you know, and, and I'm yeah, yeah, purely speculating. Sure, I'm purely speculating. I don't necessarily think they want. They're saying I want to redo my childhood because that's how I always interpret those conversations. I think mm -hmm. they said like, I will, I will like a do over. Yeah, yeah, you that's. Know, I want to. Yeah. yeah. I don't want. I don't want to repeat. I'd rather redo. Is, yes. You know, Live it differently. Live it with you know safety nets that a lot. Because yeah, because because there's shit that you could, at, at 15. There's a version of life that can only be lived at 15. 
no matter what your yeah. circumstances are. You can't you exactly. can't redo yeah. that at thirty. Um, you can never. Yeah, at thirty five, you can never really be cared for, coddled for, safe. You know, to release yourself into the into the care of another person that really never comes back again. So to go back and have the opportunity to to do that under uh, fully supported circumstances, I probably would be incredible to be like, yeah, I wish I wish I got to have a childhood because I I know what it's like to be grown. So that if the, if that is what they mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, but yeah, but I, I would say even having lived like not a, I mean, there's, I got, there's trauma, you know, I'm not gonna lie, but it ain't like your shit for the most, there's some elements that I won't get into you, that are, you know, yeah. You, I you've mean, said yeah. some shit that like made yeah. me, made me, you know, like say, hmm, that I didn't like dive into, but sure. so, I, so I definitely get it. Yeah. So like with the, with those things in mind, as well as some shit that I am not <laughs> going to get into, there's. I still think I'm. Pro- I probably had a like a better, more even keel, like stable situation than yourself, and I wouldn't have. I wouldn't redo that. I would definitely redo like the the like teens, twenties, like that would because I feel like that. I mean, the worst times were amazing, bro. The worst times, like, like you're yeah. you're right, man. Like I remember, like like my my summer after freshman year. And you know what? I'm gonna call some of those guys because they're like guys that I was hanging out with at that point. Yeah, we go. I haven't spoken to in years. <laughs> but like that was that was the most amazing, like brokest, like we're struggling, mm. but we're all in this shit mm. together kind of thing. Like I remember at this, one point this old we were, head conversation right now, and I love yeah, it. Like, go <laughs> for, for the for the Atlanta people, for the Atlanta people that are listening. You know, like we were going to like, like Metro Lanes and games on like those Wednesday like mm. um five dollar bowl days and we were trying to figure out who was going to be able to afford the five dollar bowling like we were like <laughs> like we were like oh shit man who's got who's got the fucking money for the bowl yeah and somebody would be like okay man i got it this week and then we were figuring out how to eat together like um mm. whose cars we were borrowing i remember at one point we went to the club and my um homeboy's um mom's minivan like mm. it was like some insane shit that just happened i was I was living off of a credit card that had like a thousand dollar limit and shit. Like it was like just some just some amazing broke. Like we're all in this together, like together in this kind of time. Some of those guys I haven't spoken to in years. You should, um, if you were. If, but if, I if it seems like there's up. something still left there. But yeah, because yeah. there's so much of one. There's so much connection that I think. I mean, it, it, though, actually, though, I feel like maybe I was I lean too heavy on how much of the appeal of childhood is. Um, is being cared for eight to 18 it was some it was some friendships bro it was some friendships in there that went hard i'm not you can't gonna have friendships like that no more like i like i just can't have that anymore you know what i mean i'm I'm very oh. grateful i'm very grateful um and i say this all the time that i have connections that have endured the test of time like i hmm. still i still regularly talk to people um that i went to elementary school with like mm. i mean yeah, like i, I have a high that. I have a group chat with like high school friends that like I've known for years. Like my my Twitter feed, um, and I talked about this on Twitter not that long ago. I don't know if you saw it, any, but mm. my Twitter feed is full of people that have known me at this point like fifteen years. You That's know, so though. so I've been able to keep a lot of connections at every at every stage of my life. You know, you know, elementary school, you know, middle school, high school, undergrad. Not my first in grad school. I don't remember none of those motherfuckers, but definitely my MBA program. You know, I've been able to keep mm. in touch with a lot of people. So I'm thankful for that. But I will say that a special time in my life was that, you know, that that 18 to 23, like those friendships are something else, man. Like mm. 
it's built on a different kind of foundation, man. Yeah, because there's an adversity. I mean, so you said you can't have because I'm like, you said you you can't was, have those kinds was, of friendships. That was, is that, that a bit was of an in, exaggeration? That was, in, that was in the middle of a conversation, so a bit of hyperbole there. But okay, I okay. definitely think it's. But hard I thought it might have been. It. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I mean, you you might not have been because I'm I'm thinking about it. I'm like, if you're 34 or whatever, and you're trying to build a new friendship, it's like y'all both got kids, you both yeah. have decent jobs. You both have, you know, life plans for the next five years. You got a partner, you got a house, you know, whatever. Or, or maybe you don't, but it's like you're not two 35-year-old niggas, you know, drunk in the street at 2 a.m. It's just a, it's a, it's a different type of energy that's not. It's different. So I could, yeah. But I, w- but I will say that, like, I often say that, like, so between between um, undergrad and, like, going back to get my MBA, I don't think I made a new friend. You know, like, all of my sure. friends, like, between that point were, like, undergrad and, like, high school and before that I just hung on to. And I was very fulfilled with that. Like, I love my friends. Mm. Um, and I met a lot of people um, going to get my MBA that I consider, you know, that I'm going to try to, you know, keep in my life. I consider them lifelong friendships. I will say that I didn't know if I could make, like, friends, like, out in the wild, you mm. know, like, all that kind of situations. But, like, some of the people that I've met at my current work are... You know, these are going to be like around people like I love mm. these people. You know, what I mean, like we're friends. Um, So I do think that we kind of have the as re- as relatively young people like we're you know, we're definitely not, you know, 18, but we're you know, we're not 50. So I think that maybe like we still have a little bit of life to live and experiences to, you know, to cultivate and like to see how we can still make friends in those kind of capacities, because I've met friends in yeah. ways that I didn't think that I could ever make friends. Um, I think people I think drastically underestimate it because I, I've made, I've made, uh, like, and actually low key, I would say actually the friendships that I've made later in life have been deeper and stronger than some of the, than than the young fun you know, drunk out at night trying to figure out the pizza thing. That there's a bond there, but I think the the friendships that I've made where it's like, yo, this this dude you know helped me pay off a hospital bill. Or like, yo, this is the person that's picking me up from the airport. It's like there's there's a different level because I, I I am an adult, so mm-hmm. the friendships there was kids doing kid shit, but it's like the person where I'm like, yo, who's my emergency contact? Who's the person where I'm like, yo, I'm in a, I'm in a situation right now and I need a couch to sleep on, or like, yo, I I don't know what to do with my like job or career or or like, yo, man, I'm like deeply fucking depressed about the nature of my life. Those are grown folks issues and those friendships that are where you made it in your late 20s or your 30s or your 40s or whatever. There's a different texture to that that I think low, low key. I think we I think we underestimate how transformative and how divine and sort of sacred those relationships that are formed then can can kind of be. Because there's this whole, you know, nobody makes friends after university thing or after college thing. and It's like, I mean, I, I don't think that's not untrue. But there's there's some opportunity that's 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 deeply slept on because you can have some. I mean, fuck, I just think about movies, man. Like everybody that's having an adventure in the movies is they they 30, 40, 50. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they go, hey, look, we should rob a bank or whatever the fuck, you know, <laughs> so, and you start <laughs> or whatever the fuck it is. You the, know weirdest I mean? fucking, the weirdest fucking adventure nah, that you what, could come up with. I thought you it? was going to be on some eat, pray, okay. love type shit. And you tell about some, OK, let's fucking rob a bank. Like, um. I think Eat Pray. I haven't actually seen that movie. I think Eat Pray Love is corny. I've never seen that, so I don't really know what's there. But I think it's like that's like adventure for adventure's sake. 
Like that's like funny people. Like you know, let's let's make one last hoorah as a po. Yeah. Where it's like that, fuck y'all aren't okay, even old enough fair. to be making one last hoorah. It's like no, we are actively living life because we want to do something in the world. So maybe it's not rob a bank, but I think that captures the idea of what I was getting at. Maybe it's you know, let's start a business or like, oh, hey yeah. man, let's let's um, we both know realize that we're from the same you know, uh uh, uh tribe in africa let's go travel together and find a fucking relative so cool mm-hmm. me and three homeboys we all end up in west africa trying to find it, whatever but that kind of thing where it's like yeah. let's attempt to do something um i think has, has has some deep meaningful impacts that people i mean pretend like there's not a narrative for but there is so mm-hmm. um yeah continue to be excited about what the fuck is is coming up next um look also you started fucking way earlier than me and and had consistent yo Eight to eighteen, I wasn't doing nothing really. Eighteen up, that was just a different. That was like it felt so much of that discovery just feels like a movie. Like oh my god, I'm having sex. I'm paying bills. I'm going to a restaurant and paying for the food. I'm I'm actually low key for real living. I don't know how wild, but that for me going from transitioning from like somebody's child to an a participant in society was fucking oh my god. And- and I will say, and I will say, during like twenty five upright, like going to get an MBA, right, felt like felt like some movie shit, some TV points, right? shit. So it was like, you know, I'm going to grad school. Fucking, oh, what the? They're fuck? fucking flying me out first class so I can come and like mm. interview and all that kind of shit. Like I'm, uh, you know, I'm meeting with the, I'm meeting with the CTO tomorrow, you know, personally just to discuss what this opportunity means for me and that kind of shit. And like, you know, like meeting with boosters and like corporate recruiters and like that whole like kind of thing it felt very you know conferences you know on somebody else's dime it felt very movie like at points right i will i will say that i didn't go to like harvard or some shit so i imagine if i had went to harvard it would have felt more like a movie consistently (laughs) so but like at the level that i was at like it definitely felt like i was like you know, I I remember at one point, like I was walking back to a hotel that I didn't fucking pay for, mm. you know, you know, in a, mm. in a phenomenal suite, just thinking about that shit. And I was like, I was like, fuck, man, is this a fucking episode of Suits? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, like mm. that that's the kind of shit, you know, this is that shit happened. for movies. Yeah. And it so had, I, 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 I relate to that quote specifically. Nah. We've obviously lived two very different types of movies because my situation was I was thinking about situations where I was I was a line cook in, you know, in some country I didn't have no business being in. And I'm you was you a know, sous chef in San Antonio. You know? Exactly. Basically, it's like just <laughs> crazy, crazy. Is that a quote from something? But that was a deep cut. Though. I wouldn't I wouldn't expect you to get that. OK, one. That what, 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 cut, what is it? Well, because I want to know it for the future. Somebody else drops a reference. That's um, that's Tropic Thunder. It's Robert Downey Jr. Ah, OK, OK. Got you. No, I haven't. But 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 literally that kind of shit. Whereas, yeah. like, yeah, I've, like, I've finagled my way into being, like, the sous chef at, like, some spot in, like, you know, fucking goddamn Czech Republic, whatever the fuck. And I'm, like, yeah. in this situation where I'm, like, nobody's speaking the same language as me. I'm in a kitchen, which up until that point, I've, you like, in movies, there's always that action scene where a motherfucker, like, f- f- fist fights through a kitchen. And up until you work in a kitchen, you've never seen what an in, the inside of a commercial kitchen even looks like. So it's like that's mm-hmm. some back scene shit. And I'm like, yo, I'm here preparing. I'm here plating food. 
and it's just motherfuckers talking in some like in a language that I know like half the words of. And that feels like, fuck, I'm, am I allowed to do this? You know, it's not at the level of, you know, the first class type shit, but that same kind of like, oh, fuck, like this is, I'm, you know, and in your head, and I, don't, I know you were born grown, so I don't know if you can relate to this bit, but it's like, in my head, I'm still that same person who's like, who was 15. So I'm like, damn, they really letting it, they really letting a nigga like me just be in the kitchen, <laughs> just live life. I'm just on a plane, like giving tickets. I'm just, you know what I'm saying? I'm applying for an electric bill or buying, you know, whatever. And it's a little bit surreal. But yeah, did, did, or does that does that feel like anything when you were getting on those planes? No. Was there a sense yeah, of like that, there's a that movie? Definitely vibes or was with there? Me. Okay, that definitely vibes with Damn, me. Like really, I definitely I'm living this life. Um, can you pick one that you think you have something to say about? I don't know, man. I think that nigga was wrong for screaming about that baby. Uh, I mean, yeah. We are in a fucking tin can with a baby okay. in a goddamn okay. echo chamber, yeah. and you want to talk to me about being fucking okay? Okay, okay because you're, you're yelling. So That's is the baby. baby. Okay, so you're a man. Did that motherfucker you're pay extra to you? Okay, no. Shut up. Oh. Fuck you and shut up. You just start to me now. I don't give a fuck. You were you were sitting there watching that motherfucking baby cry for forty five minutes. Okay. That shit didn't have nothing to do with nothing. Okay. Was that shit hilarious? It was absolutely yes. hilarious. Put the baby in that cuffs. Nigga, Fuck it. That that nigga was getting bar after bar after bar after bar on this baby. That shit was fucking hilarious. I laughed the entire time I watched what the video. You? When they was like, sir, you're yelling. And he's like, so is the fucking baby. The baby's <laughs> yelling right now. That nigga's quick, bro. You could tell he the uncle at the space table that just like don't. Don't oh, but um, one hundred percent. But the fact that he was willing to go, because it's like he probably got kicked off that flight and banned from the airline. Oh yeah, like, that nigga's never was flying wilding. Southwest again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that was insane. Because what the fuck is a baby supposed to do? Like, you know, it's a fucking baby. But also, I'm like, man, they need to have a baby section or some shit or so, I don't know something. You know, the only the soundproof the only curtains. Reasonable... It seems like acoustics could be put the baby in yeah. a box. Isn't it, is that a thing? Put the a baby, baby box? in a box. I'm no, like... is the, I, I know that sounds. Cr- Hold on. Is there because you put you do that with dogs and cats and shit? The baby not gonna die. Like, why not put the baby inside a soundproof box? That's what they did in Bird Box. I mean, with air holes or whatever. But like, what? What? How, okay, I I understand there's some design like hurdles that have to be gotten past. But what's? But you what's, could design you could you could design or section off some stuff. You know, like a baby section or whatever. Like, I completely understand that. My only thing, and you know. If Maybe compartments his, like an overhead compartment yeah. for babies like if if his timeline was accurate and there is follow-up video that kind of showed like the aftermath like when the police was called after they had to deplane everybody and all that kind of mm. stuff where somebody was like his timeline wasn't accurate and he said bullshit because he was saying that the baby had been crying for 45 minutes straight yeah. and then somebody turned to him and said it hadn't been 45 minutes and he said <laughs> bullshit <laughs> bullshit he was funny as fuck anyway <laughs> But if the baby's crying and they're not, you know, and they're just like, you know, in the air, not during takeoff, because takeoff, you know, at different altitudes, you know, ears popping, that can be very yes. traumatizing for like a young baby. For a child. Yeah. Um, it hurts for me. But if they're like, but if they're like in the air and that baby's been crying for 45 minutes, something's wrong, man. Like, can you like attend to that child's discomfort? That was my, that was like my own, that's yeah. the only bail I'm willing to shoot them. That's the only thing. Sometimes babies just be crying. Like, it's already been, sometimes they full. do be crying. It's already been changed. Sometimes you have a colicky baby. Do. Sometimes you have a colicky baby, you know, they just cry. Understood. But a lot of times you don't. 
Something is so, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Please, please comfort your child. In the midst of you comforting your child, I'm not gonna make any fuss about that. If your baby's crying for 45 minutes, I got my good headphones on the plane. I'm not even gonna hear that shit, bro. Yeah. The only thing I'm hearing on this point is fucking bad baby because it's fucking cracking his music. <laughs> so that's all I've been listening to. So wait, did you, you mean know. to say bad bunny? Yeah. Okay, because bad baby dude, hit, she hit bad. too, but you know that's a maybe the forty years might have. Yeah, but I mean, got a couple bunny. of songs fucking, yeah. Okay. Nah, man, it's cracking that nigga music, man. I don't know. I'm deep in his catalog tonight, and I have not found anything that wasn't a hit. But um, I have not listened so to much I'm of his be, stuff, but I know he's like he's worldwide like soccer. Like he's one of those. You need to fucking like, listen yeah. to that shit, really? bro, because he's worldwide for a reason. And I'm not it's just saying like that, that because I've been because I've been drinking this bourbon for mm. two hours. Um, now nah, he's really just hitting on some other shit man he's on another level right now but that is what i'm gonna be hearing on the plane i'm not gonna hear your baby crying for 45 minutes so to that end i think he was kind of wilding um but that's the only bail i'm gonna shoot yeah but if you can only afford them little double pronged you know airplane ear pods and you're trying to listen to the movie that's on the back of the fucking thing and somebody's just blaring crying baby like that's gonna fuck your whole flight up i'm trying to watch man i had a movie I had a phenom- I had a phenomenal like movie watching experience and like couldn't even hear the movie one time on a plane. Like it was that, this lady what sitting the, next. What are you talking about? It was just. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was it was because it was just a good movie. And I'm a, I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say. You can judge me however you want to judge me. But that sounds like something I, I would say. Like what you just said yeah. sounds like uh, sounds like an Eddieism. Like I had a yeah. phenomenal, wonderful cinematic experience. I didn't even see the movie. It was just the vibe was just immaculate. It was the vibes were great. I was sitting next to this <laughs> um to this couple and they were watching the Dora the Explorer movie. And mm-hmm. I leaned over and I was like, "Oh shit, man, that's the Dora the Explorer movie." Yeah. And they were like, "You're free. To, you're free to lean over and watch it." You know, they had they had um, one Subs. you know pair of headphones, and okay. they put the subtitles on for me. And I was reading mm. the subtitles, and I was like, "This is fucking phenomenal! Like, this is cool." They have they is had this the heroes they offered me some. You know? Okay. Like, um, did they try and take you home? They did not. They oh, did okay. not. Okay. At least not did that you I noticed. It? Okay, it might have been subtle because I don't know. I feel like yeah. if you got if you got got two headphones going like this, that's a yeah, but the Door to Explore movie hit B plus A minus. That's pretty good. Now Spanish is the language of the future. I gotta learn that shit because I feel like that's yeah. like you said, Bad Bunny Door to Explore. Full, full Latino cast. They were doing they were doing representation the right way. Unlike Lilo and Stitch, they Unlike got the whole Lilo internet fucked up. They got the whole internet fucked up. I think I saw somebody say they said, "Fuck it, we gonna recast her. Like we gonna redo it." <laughs> we go. We, I think I saw that they said that they bu- they bullied them on some Sonic shit. Like, okay, we are gonna get rid of this white woman and just we'll, we'll we'll find a proper actress. And also, like, she's like Filipino. The issue is that she's not native. She's Hawaiian. not even. That's the issue. Right. She's not even the right race, let alone yeah. the wrong right race. Yeah, like that's the big issue. But also, have you seen like the mock-ups that have been floating around of what they have Stitch looking like? Yo, those are all fake. Those are like they, they those are obviously like mi- those are all obviously so mid-journey images. They're not, yeah. Like people they are just making viral tweet be. bullshit. But it's I think it's gonna be trash anyway. Like I low key like th- this doesn't seem like the t- kind of movie that works made live action. I'm trying to figure out how they're gonna do that. There's just so live, many en- live action, by the way, because I hate when they say that shit. You know, oh, what you live mean? action, like um, like Lion King or whatever. Like this, this half of this shit's uh, gonna right. be That's green screen. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. That well, yeah. Lion King is animation, but but like Nani, Lilo, all the Hawaiian humans. Those are all going to be just like relatively un uh, modified actors. Yeah. So that's live action. 
So obviously the eight and, like, and, and then and then like also with like Lilo and Stitch, you you could do a lot of shit like on site. But I'm thinking like like Aladdin, right? Where like Will Smith was just like a completely live CGI action. figure. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. The whole the whole setting the whole setting was a digital landscape, man. Like they're not going to be like that's still a live action film. If you if, if your primary because live action is who are your protagonists? If your protagonists are made of meat, then that's a live action film. Even if everything else is is digitally created. That, I mean that that's that's fair. That's fair. I just think that like they're cheating a little bit more than I would like them to cheat. So what you want them to have like animatronics? Or you want Man, them to I'll, shoot on site in Hawaii specifically? I mean, I kind of don't want them to do it. I kind of think it's kind of pointless. It I get why like they're do- bad I get why they're doing it. I get why they're doing it because Disney, Disney is amazing at um, monetizing this cash grab of nostalgia, right? So what you do is, you know, Lilo and Stitch came out. I, I don't know. I would have been. I would have been what like eleven, like ten, eleven, or whatever. So now, you know, they wait the appropriate amount of time. Where like I've now, you know, people in my age range have had like children, maybe two, right? Mm. And so I'm gonna go see it because I'm like, oh, this brings me back to my childhood. And then I'm gonna buy two tickets for my kids, you know, and I'm gonna bring them into it. And I'm gonna introduce them to it while I'm also like enjoying it and like getting the nostalgia and like, you know, and then the merchandising that's gonna come from me living out my childhood dreams as well as them like finding something else that they like. So Disney's amazing at like monetizing that shit. But like quite frankly, I would just I would just be fine with animated remasters if they want to follow that strategy. Like I would just mm. love like um yeah, some cleaner animation stuff for like some of those like one-off projects that they didn't have the A team on because some of them still hold up fairly well. Like Lion King, they they had the A team on that shit. So yeah. like that hold up pretty well. Um but some like of them, them didn't do like with a full uh, Atlantis you know, budget. You know Atlantis. Oh man, Atlantis, Atlantis. was brilliant. Also, Atlantis was not, brilliant. Not gonna lie, not gonna lie. Treasure Planet also treasure planet mm. is that what you was gonna say or you gonna say something i was different? gonna say that i was okay, gonna say that yeah. but but i was gonna i was gonna say that and then i was gonna extend it for both of those i actually wouldn't mind live action i think atlantis live action could really fucking work treasure planet atlantis live like it action incredibly could, expensive it would be but both of those could work on like some some pirates of the caribbean style like disney live Definitely. action kind of shit like they could be the, huge guillermo del toro's like Atlantis, I feel like that shit could hit, like some yeah, cool man. ancient technology, you, 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 like oh. a little adventure going into the Amazon. Like that shit could fucking hit, yeah, easily. And you picked the appropriate like filmmaker to do that shit too. That was pretty good. He would, he would, yeah. I think he, he would, would destroy that. that shit. But Lilo and Stitch is this shit finna be trash? Cause yeah, uh, but the, the little girl she looks you know racially correct, you know, so that's that's cool. But I think it's going to be trash. Well, anyway, I think we can close it out there uh, since we've give, given the folks some, uh, some nice cinematic advice. Um, look, if, um, if you see the, the, the caretakers in your life sort of neglecting your childhood to where you don't have that level of like uh, freedom and carefreeness in your, in your childhood, you might be seeing a red flag. Um, but at the same time, if you're a podcast host who uh, wants to dive headfirst into some an active goddamn investigation with limited fucking resources, potentially, you know, putting out the wrong narrative you know what i'm saying and, and, and your co-host calls you on it you might be the one that's waving the red flag it happens sometimes you know what i'm saying it's been waving the red flag podcast it's been eddie it's been ab uh josh will be back next week uh join us on patreon if you want all the bonus episodes if you want to see like the the conversation that we had before the the podcast if you want to talk to us live if you want access to the discord hop on there that's the real podcast and uh like subscribe to this turn on the bell so you see when we have a new episode and We'll see y'all next week.
Anything that people need to know, Alvin? About you? About the world? About the stocks? About the games? About Bad Bunny? No? Nope. Peace, everybody. We'll see y'all next week. Thank <laughs> you.